if you learn from the through that series, obviously the World Cup it was quite an important series. What did you think you'd learn from, from the um, Yeah, a lot. I think um, probably learnt more yesterday than when he wins, and I think that's that's a good thing about this team. I think the chat that we had afterwards um, was quite philosophical about you know it's it's all about building towards that World Cup. Um, I think in, you know we didn't win a toss for the whole series, so I think we probably had to work really hard in all the conditions. And yesterday, uh, we just spoke about from batting group the difference being in the first two games we had someone who really took the mantle and batted through and provided the spine of the innings. And all the stats show that in the subcontinent, um, you know, with teams that win, someone makes a big contribution and others bat around it. So, sort of trying to adapt our our batting style. I think it's always been pretty free flowing, but um, there's a realization that. On certain conditions like they were yesterday, we probably slightly misread them. We thought it was going to be a better batting wicket. Um, we just need to adapt on the run and make sure someone really takes ownership. And that was the one thing that was different yesterday. I think it was a very achievable total. Um, bowls did pretty well. And um, it was just an opportunity that we let slip. But in the, in the long-term thinking, I think it will do us a world of good. So a little bit of an evolution in thinking the way you bat. Because I mean, obviously this team has always been sort of uber-aggressive. So a little bit more of a sort of template for Asian conditions. Yeah, interesting you say that because um, from 2019, a lot of the statisticians have told us that we've actually been more aggressive since then. So right. um, it's something we, you know, I think there's the, the mantle of this team is, is aggressive, but um, it's getting that fine balance between aggression and playing the smart games in different conditions as well. We're not, we know we're not going to get um, belters every time we bat. And when we do, we'll back ourselves against anyone. It's on the trickier conditions like they were yesterday that um, that's the evolution I think is is finding a way and that we talk about playing what's what's in front of us um, and probably yesterday is just that lack of execution as if it wasn't too many bad shots but there was a couple of shots where um, if we we're just on it a little bit more and and probably waited that little bit longer in these conditions we we might have put the ball to the boundary rather than getting out so great opportunity to learn yesterday and uh, even getting you know Sam Curran up the order yesterday was a big one for us. We're talking about, you know, long-term thinking. We want, yes, we want to try and get some more rounders in that top six um, so we can have the versatility to adapt to all conditions. Is that partly thinking about whether you... I guess you still don't know about Ben Stokes. You might tell us that you do know, but if, you know, if he wasn't to reverse his decision, then Sam would be an option at five and the World Cup, potentially. Yeah, not just Ben. I just think in general that you never know what's going to happen this far out. I mean, we, we've seen some obscure injuries that have happened and... Uh, tested our depth so the more that we can put players in positions um, you know that puts them under pressure a bit I think it's a very different mindset from coming at seven and eight um, to having that you know not that responsibility of the top five top six batters so the more that we can do that and this provide yesterday provided a great opportunity to do that and I think you know, the, the lessons that Sam in particular will learn from yesterday um, will, you know, will hold us in a you know, very good stead for the long term. It's a good game thinker, isn't it, actually, Sam? He's someone that thinks on his feet, and yesterday was quite a foreign experience for him, I guess. Yeah, it was. You know, we lost a few wickets in a couple of overs after seemingly going pretty well. and um, you know, It was definitely a better time to bat early with the new ball. It was coming on, and the openers batted really well. But as we find in subcontinent conditions, unless one of those batters bats through and you lose wickets in clumps, uh, it becomes hard work. And I thought they exploited those conditions really well and put us under a lot of pressure. Do you, do you have a 15, kind of working 15 at the moment? Obviously, Sandlock can change injuries. Yes. Dramatic loss of form is probably not a thing now because 50-over cricket is different from 
T20 cricket, which is the diet these, most of you guys are just going to get. So do you have a, a kind of working 15? Yeah, both. No, well, Keezy and, and Joss and I, we've, we've all probably got a crystal ball on what that 15 might look like. And, and it's a little bit different for all of us. But it really is a crystal ball. I think, um, as you said, we don't have a lot of cricket together, but there's so much time between that, that opportunity. We've obviously got couple of series leading into that but the selection for that uh, has to be quite early in terms of the ICC conditions so um, injury injury and illness will play a part I think that inevitable that we'll get a couple of those and then it, it's not you know you think of it oh that's just man for man but obviously there's a flow-on effect if one player comes out um, depending on who that is it may it may change the dynamic you know quite considerably so yeah we've got an idea of what we want and they're all slightly different but um, yeah, when we get to making those hard decisions, I think it's going to be a really difficult team to pick. I think we've performed really well right down our depth charts. Um, but when you add four or five players back in that mix, it's going to be some really hard calls. When you look at um, an 11 in this part of the world, obviously in this series, your, your attack was structured as three and three seamers and spinners. And at home, it probably default would be four and two seamers spinners. Do, do, you, do you think your default for India will be three spinners in the 11? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it, 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 on most conditions over there, um, you'd like three spin options and a little bit of variety in that as well. So um, what that actually looks like when we get to that pointy end will be will different, but there will be um, definitely some spin in that 15, um, and then it will be you know conditions based. Not not you know there's a perception that everything in India spins. That's not always the case. There's some good flat wickets as well where seam can be just as effective. So. We'll always keep an open mind. Um, you know, we listen a lot to the analysts on what they see and what takes wickets on different grounds, and then form comes into it as well. So there's you know, those last-minute decisions. It's pretty hard to predict right now. Yeah, and just on the, the evolution of the batting that you were talking about before, do you, do you think it's possible that it, uh, England have kind of had Joe Root as a straight guy in the in the ODI team, and everyone else going kind of mental around it? David Milan has been a guy who's tended to play when Joe Root hasn't. And fulfil that role. Do you think it's possible that they both play at three and four? You know, kind of like anchor is a bit of a reductive term, maybe, but as kind of double anchor pair. Do you think that? Absolutely. I think they definitely can play in the same team. Their numbers are incredible. Um, Joe's one of the all-time greats, and I think David Milan's record over the last um, yeah eighteen months is incredible in, in white ball and T Twenty. Played 16 innings in this format and scored 400s. So in ODI format, so they're incredible numbers. And um, as I said, when you add in those extra players, it's going to be incredible. Like there's going to be some class players that miss out in that top six. So um, all you can keep doing as a as a batter at this time is keep scoring runs in whatever format it is, um, and present ready, fit, and then um, the rest is up to us, I guess. You mentioned obviously um, that's a crystal ball as to what it looks like in the future. I think in the last I suppose T20 World Cups have been a couple of late bowlers who've been able to force away at the start. I think Tamal Mills um, in the UAE and certainly Harry Brook. Uh, I think 12 months ago we, we wouldn't have imagined he would have played a full role in the yeah. World Cup. So what does someone who's maybe either on the fringes or, or maybe even outside that, what do they have to do to sort of try and, and get, get a spot in this, in this World Cup? Well, I just think we've got eyes everywhere at the moment. We've got some great talent scouting procedures. So if you're scoring runs, um, and one thing we have spoken a lot about, and going back to yesterday, is, is people that influence matches is really important. Not not just pure stats, people that actually you know 
whether it's a 60 or 40 at the right time in a pressure game or they make a big hundred um, or they take key wickets. It, like Those are the things that we're looking for. So, um, yeah, it, it goes a bit deeper than that. And I think the influence on matches is, is something you're going to need to get in this 15 and, more importantly, in that 11. That you, we, we want 11 match winners when we pick it. Um, and so players that you know, put their hand up wherever it is and, and win matches will, will go well. Because obviously you don't have a lot of... Like you don't have any ODIs now until September. Yeah. Um, there's, there's not a, a, it's a score for any of the, the, the top guys to play any, any 50 over matches in the summer, really. So are you sort of looking at, at even test matches? You know, guys like someone like maybe Ben Ducker, for example, if he has a, has a yeah. fantastic Ashes series, like you say, on a match winner. Yeah. And even T20s, can you, know, you go across formats to sort of get someone like that? Definitely. And, you know, we've got so many multi format players now. Um, you know, the way Brookie's come along and Duck, as you said, um, yeah, form form in any format will, will be taken into account and team balance. Like we, obviously, there's a certain amount of slots that you you can probably lock in now, and then the rest are, you know, real timing issues. And I think that's in in any selection, form and timing become a really important factor. And very, I mean, it's just literally you'd be guessing now that you know, apart from the probably seven or eight spots that you could probably sit down and lock in. Um, the rest will be about that timing. On the subject of Ben, obviously the development surrounding the stage is near the moment concerning a lot of people. Is that going to impact whether or not he comes out of retirement for, for the World Cup? If he can't bowl, for example? Don't know, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I deliberately made an effort to leave Ben alone. Um, you know, I'm still in touch with him, but the issue about what he wants to play, we don't need to know for a while. You know, we, I'd say halfway through that summer, gauging on how he's feeling physically and mentally. Um, that'll be his call to, to see whether he wants to put himself up for selection. And um, we'd welcome him back. Obviously, we're talking about team balance. If you've got a person who can bowl in any over in the game and you know really make big hundreds as well, um, every team will cry out for that. But uh, I think the worst thing we could do is try and put pressure on him early to make a decision. Um, and we'll just see how his body's holding up and how he's feeling physically and mentally. Yeah. It has uh, obviously we're talking about the World Cup, but, which is seven months away, quite a long time, and in the kind of life cycle of players, a lot can happen in that time. So, it has been a topic of conversation in the dressing room to what extent the World Cup? Yeah, I think we talk about it all the time. To to be honest, I think that's um, these bilateral series. That of course you want to win, and they're they're important to win, but it's all about building towards that. And I think um, as we found out leading in that T Twenty World Cup, like. Um, yeah, pe- people forget series pretty quickly. They don't forget how you go in World Cups, and so you put you know it puts a lot of pressure on the World Cup. And I don't like looking too far ahead. But that the realistic thing about this team is this is our last opportunity to get together. We've we've been exposed to the conditions that we want to be exposed to. I think if we come over here and had flat belting wickets, it wouldn't be the same experience. Um, we've had to work for everything, um, and you can't you can't buy that. I mean, if we, if we were asking. To construct the series, this is the perfect series for us. It's you know it's difficult. We're you know stuck in hotels a lot. We can't can't get out and about. It's brought the group tighter, and I think when we look back on the T20 World Cup, Pakistan was a very similar experience, and um, we drew on that a lot when we were for World Cups. And essentially, that's what it's about. It's about how you how you perform in the World Cups. And the funny thing is that this series was supposed to have been played you know, a year and a half ago or so, uh, and it's instead been put into, like you say, a pretty much perfect place in the calendar. Yeah, I think the administrators have copped a bit of a hard time, to be honest, about 
the, the calendar. A lot of the catch-ups after COVID have, have had to be in place. And I, I'm hoping and being assured that the normality of um, a little bit more space in the calendar will will sort of come come to us. And I think that will be great for everyone. Um, being able to be a bit more strategic about how you plan for World Cups and the, the perfect lead-in would be great. But it's the same for everyone. Everyone is going through. When you look around and you start feeling sorry for yourself about the calendar, everyone's experiencing it. So there's, there's no great advantage for any team. Um, and those who suck it up and get on with it and adapt the best were the ones that perform. Um, and I guess there's been pressure on a couple of relatively peripheral players who, who are here, frankly, because of the people who couldn't be because of New Zealand. Uh, and generally, you know, the, the key performances have been Roy and the ladder with the beginnings and, and Adel with that bowling fantastic, a couple of other bowlers. Uh, Sam, obviously, uh, but maybe those more peripheral batters haven't shone here. Um, what should they be taking away from this? And like, it's essentially it's their last chance to impress you directly. Sorry, who are you referring to? Well, say perhaps uh, Vince, who probably wouldn't be in like a lot of people's 15s. Yeah. Uh, Salt would be, become, he was at the World Cup last year, but it depends who else is. Is, is available. Yeah, I, I think both. Like a three match series, you come in and it, it's you know it's it's pretty cutthroat. And um, if you look at it in isolation, yeah, probably they didn't maximise their opportunities. But I thought both of them looked extremely good yesterday. Um, and they were, you know they were both really frustrated with doing the hard yards early, getting good start, getting away, and then you know, as we said, just that little lack, lack of execution cost them. But in the long term, you know they're still bloody good players they're still right in the mix and um, yeah, it's, it's a long way off they keep performing then they'll take plenty out of it I know Vincey for example has been away from home for a very long time um, he's really looking forward to getting home um, all those sorts of factors come into it um, and I'm glad he, he took the opportunity to come out here I mean I think it would have been easy for him to, to finish off where he was playing domestically um, and he, he chose to come over here and I think that, um, whilst it didn't come off exactly for him I thought yesterday he showed a lot You've had four games up, Joffre, in South Africa here. How, how much has that kind of changed your thinking, having a bowler of that class back, having not had him for your first nine months or so in charge, and, and what have you kind of made of him as a, as a character and a group, and, and what difference does he make to your team? Yeah, he's, um, he's a box office player, isn't he? He's, he's, he's someone that everyone wants to turn up and see. He's, um, he's fitted back in the group beautifully, and, you know, incredible effort for a fast bowler to be out of the game for that long and come back and play as he has done. He, he would admit that he's not, you know, fully firing on all cylinders, but I think even yesterday, just his adaption, his slower balls, he read the wicket, um, just shows that he's building. And, you know, by the time we get to, um, I guess for the Red Bull guys, for the Ashes and World Cup, um, you can just see he's, he's ticking all the boxes to get back to his best. And I think it would have been incredible for him to come back and, you know, be, be back where he was straight away. And, um, he just seems to be really slowly, strategically, just making sure he's he's doing it right and ticking over. And um, you know, come the Ashes, come the World Cup, I'm sure you'll see him back to his best. Could could he have played two games in three days here? Like obviously both both tours, you opted to leave him out in the middle game. Could he could he have, if required have done that yet? Not really. No, the medical advice was was definitely not back to back games. Um, and I, I think it actually suits us anyway we as i said we're, we're just trying to um find our best 15 for that world cup different opportunities for different players uh, testing our depth because you you know he's a lock-in um and 
yeah, of course I'd love him for every single game. Who wouldn't? But in in the greater picture, uh, to be able to get overs into other bowlers in these conditions is probably better. Just to pick up on the um, issue around the no more 50 over cricket, um, are you worried about guys like um, Harry Brook and Liam Livingston who are obviously seriously talented white ball players, we know that, and you know, probably very close to your squad if not in it. Are you worried about the lack of 50 over cricket they have played at all? Does it, is that a concern or is it just a... No. Is it just somewhere between the two? You're not you're not going to get clever and try and get them a few fifty over games somehow before September or anything like that. No, well, in, if I treated them both differently, Brookie, um, he just loves batting. I've never known anyone who loves batting as much as him. So whether it's white ball, red ball, in the nets, whatever, he's just going to bat, and he's going to bat pretty similarly. We've seen that in the Test matches. Like if he batted like that in one day cricket, we'd be pretty happy. Um, so that's fine and Liam's frustrated like I've spoken to him quite a bit and it's niggly what he's had and I think it's that's the frustrating part it hasn't been really clear on when he's going to get back but I actually think it's he's had a time to, to really work on his conditioning he's got a strong base um, he's very frustrated I actually think in the long term it could work out pretty well for him he's played a lot of cricket over the last few years gone from competition to competition and I think you often find, particularly with players like that, a bit of perspective on how much they love playing the game, what it means to them, um, and just that will to get back. In the long term, it could be a great thing for him. Uh, in the short term, he's, he's pretty shitty, to be honest, and uh, he's dying to play cricket. So I, I think for us, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. He'll, he'll be back. He's got the potential, given what we were talking about before, with the three-spinner issue. He's yep. got potential to be a, a really important player in the World Cup, hasn't he? Batting six-ish. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of too many other players like him, to be honest. It is, you know, that ability, if you've got a left and right hander in to bowl off spin to the lefties and then leggies, and they're good quality, like both are good quality. Um, and you know, in like the way that we can bat in, in white ball cricket, knowing that we can throw him in at any opportunity, he's a proper batter as well. He's not just a slogger, but he can tear any attack apart, whether it's spin or pace. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's a very unique player. And he kind of would offset, if you, if you are not to get Ben back, Ben Stokes back, Livingston's presence would offset that a little bit, wouldn't it? That would be a, a, a bowler in the top six. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I said, like, if you've got, if you've got players capable of batting in the top six and bowling your key overs, you saw in the IPL auction, you know, seam, seam bowlers that are all-rounders, they, you know, every team wants them. So um, he's a spin bowler, obviously, but he's, he's quality, he can bowl you 10 overs in an ODI. And, and if you've got left and right-handers, he's a captain's dream because he's not exposed at all. So he's, yeah, he's, he's a gun. Can I just ask you, you talk, we've talked a lot about players, but obviously as the, the white ball coach, what will you be doing? Is that, I'm not trying to put what you know you've got dormant a few months now what will you do over the next few months well first of all spend a bit of family time at home that'll be good especially after a tour like this but essentially getting around and and, you know catching up with some some of the counties you know um, speaking about their players Uh, we'll have a lot of talent scouting meetings in between and then just watching some cricket to be honest it's um, this year is I think it's an outlier I think the way the schedule is with the ashes and the the hundred, obviously, we've got that huge gap. But looking at the FTP, you know, I probably should bank this while I can. Um, you know, refresh, I guess, and you know, get around. I think you know, I pretty much came straight into this role, straight into tournament play. So 
that ability to get around and meet some people, I think um, I won't get a better opportunity to do that. Interesting. With as a, the reason I asked is as a, as, a, as a career coach, I guess the one thing you used to do is getting your hands dirty every day or yeah. at least every other week. And yeah. It's quite, it's quite a, a unique time for you. It is, it, it, and you know, you, you lose it pretty quickly. I, you know, I threw a few balls to my son before we come away, but we'd had a pretty big break before then, and I would just love it. I mean, we, we've got a great coaching group here. Um, we get on really well, and we, our training days are our, our time. You know, love, love throwing balls or running fielding sessions. So, yeah, I think it, a bit like we're talking about with Liam Livingston, I think we'll come back at the end of that summer absolutely um, dying to, to get our hands dirty, but yeah, you can't control the schedule. Just finally, from we haven't talked much about obviously Ray Ray Graham played yesterday. What I mean, it's obviously great to have Ray in the future. How do you think he did? And, and you know, what what do you think he, he can get out of these kind of? Trips? Yeah, I think he did really well. I thought Joss bowled him. Um, obviously, there was an opportunity uh, maybe to bowl Adil a little bit more yesterday, but um, that was an investment in the future, and I think he he did really well. I think against some pretty good players of spin, he he didn't certainly didn't look out of his depth and. On debut, it's, it's probably your hardest game. Um, you know, he would have been nervous. He, he's also been a bit crook over here since he's been here and missed a lot. So, yeah, he, he was pretty happy, I think, to get, get the first one out of the way for, for Whitepool. He's, he's going to be a really good player. I think he's a good fielder. Um, he bats well as well. Like, I don't know whether you guys were at the Nets the other day, but he probably hit the ball as far as anyone. Um, and he backs himself. So, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be a real player of the future. And now Dills, obviously, you've been in the job a year now, and you probably had an opinion on from the outside, but how good has he been to work with because he seems at the age of 35 to really be a master of his craft now? Yeah, he does, and you know, he, he just helps the other boys so much as well. He loves talking spin. Him, him and Moen are very tight. They, um, they just talk spin all day. And it, to be honest, I've learnt, I've learnt plenty just sitting at the back of the nets talk, talking to those two in particular about, about their craft and... Uh, they continually want to just get better all the time. They're always talking about how to get batters out. And you know, I think you know, Rash is, is really like you know, sitting up there, I think, you know, amongst the coaching group. You could almost see what he was doing to the batters and you, you felt like he was just a step ahead the whole time. And um, every time he comes on, you feel like a wicket's around the corner. And I think that's that, that's a shot, just a, a real show of how great a bowler he's been in this format. He's, no matter what the situation, whether they're cruising or not, you feel like he can influence a match in, in and over. Um, that's a fantastic attribute to have. There's another, there's another leg spinner like that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, he's just, like, he's so hungry to get better. I think the other thing that I think he'd be disappointed with yesterday is when he got out, because we, we've spoken a lot about him in subcontinent conditions with the bat. And I think we, you can quickly forget he's scored, I think, 11 first class hundreds. Uh, the Ten, is it? Ten, is Heard it? it before. He's, he, he must have added a bit of fat to it to me the other day. <laughs> Might have been one in the county's game or something. But, um, yeah, no, like, he, he reminds me quite a bit of his... But I, I, I watch him bat, and he's got a proper batter's mentality. I think played that crucial innings, you know, to, to see us over the line. So, um, you know, when we look at makeups of squad, like, he, he's, a, he's a genuine all-rounder. Underrated fielder as well. Can I uh, just ask about Johnny as well? There's a lot of... Talk about how, how he fits back into the red ball side. I think everyone sort of assumes he'll just sort of come straight back in. I mean, the record he's got, he's arguably one of the greatest one day players ever, really, when you look at his record at the top. I mean, yeah. have you spoken to him much to sort of say as much, or have you sort of just left him to it? Yeah, no, we've been in touch quite a bit. Um, yeah, he and other guys very frustrated with how slow it's taking, but you, you're spot on. He'll, he'll slot straight back in. His record over a long period of time is exceptional, but 
that previous 18 months was probably next level. So, um, and like I said with Joff, like it, it won't happen straight away. He, he'll get some cricket under his belt, and um, I've got no doubt by the time he's he'll be ready for the Ashes, and he'll be also ready for for the World Cup. But um, yeah, he, he's he's just waiting for his opportunity to get back to play. I guess. Do you think him and Jason Roy sort of like he he can you know take Jason Roy and then sort of the way they sort of battered in that. 2019 World Cup and I suppose the 18, 18 months before I mean I think someone said statistically they're, they're one of the best open partnerships yeah I think that's the case they are and they you know they, they feed off each other really well and, and have done for a long time I've been really pleased with Jay Roy I think he had a really tough summer last year and you know potentially people were writing him off and you know, the couple of knocks that he's played the one in South Africa and the one here um, were of the highest level and particularly the one the other day in really tough conditions batting first ball spinning um, yeah, it was a bit of a masterclass in, in how to play in these conditions and, and you know, just goes to show that the group, I think he spoke a lot about learning off um, Milan the day before the way he played and you know, they just feed off each other so well and they, they got a real open mindset to how they can get better and I, I think he learnt a lot from the first innings how he, the first game he got out and he adapted incredibly well so yeah, he, he's definitely right up there Was he ever close to uh, he obviously fell out of the T20 squad after that, was, was his position in the 50 ever squad any ever in doubt? Not really, not, not when you look at like, his recent record, it's, it's, it's up there, he averages over 40 strikes, over 100, um, very hard to leave players like that out, you know, he's up, he'd go up there with one of the greats in terms of his record, when, every time the records come up there, he's, his name's up there, and um, talked about influencing matches, when, when he scores hundreds, um, he influences the match as well, because he he takes the game away from the opposition. So, um, yeah, he, he, he not in our mind. He was. I mean, he. he there's no doubt he was under pressure because um, you know people tend to. It gets a bit grey when you're not performing in franchise cricket or wherever it is, or the T20 format. But you also, when you sit down in selection, you look at you know, the previous ten games in that format, and you've got to take that in consideration. And his numbers were right up there. Is only frustration that, particularly in a. 50 over World Cup year, that our domestic 50 over competition is so like, hidden away to such an extent that they're running alongside the 100. No, none of the key white ball players are going to play any domestic 50 over again. Not really. It doesn't, doesn't bother me, Heat, to be honest. Um, I, I still think back to the, and the era that created this dominance, I think, for white ball over the last seven or eight years is that played 40 over format and people criticised that because it wasn't 50 overs and I look at the way that that team batted in there and I think that was, was almost the blueprint for how the team's played for the last seven or eight years, playing that aggressive style. So um, if, if it's the 100, if it's you know the 50 overs, it, it's, it's still to me that it's a mindset of playing really good aggressive cricket. Uh, yeah, it'd be great to have it all but I have to once again give the administrators a break. You, you can't fit it all in, in prime windows. It's... Uh, it's a nightmare to try and get everything right. We've now mentioned the T20s, which you've obviously got this week. Could you give us a feel for what this series is? It's a bit of a random one three games. It's the first time you've played since the World Cup. Is it the start <coughs> of the push to 2024, or is it? Is it just? Is, is this still? Have you still got your ODI hat on, and players can push for World Cup selection this year, and we'll worry about the T20 format once that's done. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it's a bit of both. I think. Um, you, know, you can't can't waste these opportunities. Obviously, it's subcontinent, so you know the majority of players um, 
are pushing for ODI selection. That's the next thing in the window. So, yeah, there's definitely an eye to that. Um, there's probably a long-term view to the T20 World Cup, but, yeah, it's it's a different format. The group doesn't change a heap, as you would have seen with our selection. So, uh, yeah, it's probably more good, uh, geared towards the ODI World Cup, if I'm being honest. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you.